0: My name is Foggy Jack, and I'm the Shock Bazaar Mental Mentalist, and the host of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast.
1: Now,
2: let's head on down to the pumpkin patch for more.
0: This is Long John with the Party Line. We're around from midnight to 5.30, six mornings during the week. And on the seventh morning, which is Monday morning, we start at around 1 a.m. in the morning and continue through to 5.30. So that means we're around for 37 and a half hours a week, and I hope that uh, you spend some of those hours with us. This morning we're going to have what I consider to be a rather exciting program. Uh, we have mentioned from time to time that it's beat.
3: <laughs>
0: Before I even start, I have to tell you, my engineer, Jack Keane is uh, mentioning to me that the microphone is turned in the wrong direction for the Mystic Barber. Jack, I think you should be made aware of this. The Mystic Barber doesn't even use the microphone. It's nothing to do with the microphone. This is just something that he rests his hands on because he broadcasts without a microphone. As I mentioned a moment ago, I think we're going to have a a very exciting program. I know we had the pleasure of having the Mystic Barber with us uh, some six or seven weeks ago on a Friday night, technically a Saturday morning, and uh, he's a very interesting gentleman, a very charming man, and uh, he's going to tell us a lot of things. Now, when I say the Mystic Barber, of course, I'm referring to Andy Sinatra. Andy Sinatra is a barber. He barbers in... Uh, is that the correct terminology, Charles? Would it be barbering? Okay.
1: Uh, he chops. He chops,
0: all right. <laughs> he chops in Brooklyn. And uh, as a tonsorial artist, he oh, has fast. also uh, uh, projected himself astrally, whatever that means. I've heard about it from time to time. And I would also like to say that he has on his forehead at the present time a very unusual piece of metal. In fact, he has two different units. Now, I have in my hand one bin that he wears on his forehead. I will try to describe it to you. The base metal is copper. On top of this copper, there is a thin layer of aluminum foil. And then on top of that thin layer of aluminum foil... There is another unit that has been cut out of copper. Namely, it's a circle about the size of a dollar and about the size of a silver dollar, and there are two strips (coughs) coming from this circle. Uh, I would say that they're about uh, a quarter of an inch in uh, width and about four inches in length. In other words, it does not cover the entire aluminum A covered piece of copper. Now, in the middle of this copper circle, there is a stone. uh, Maybe it's a diamond. It's a very large one. I would say about three and a half carat in size. Possibly it's a rhinestone or a zircon. Sunstone.
3: A sunstone? Yeah. It helps up sun energy. All right.
0: We'll be talking to Andy, Uh to the mystic barber about it in a moment. And besides this, there are two coiled wires. They're copper wires covered with a red uh, insulating material. And uh, these appear to be antennas. Now, he also has on his head at the present time a copper band that is not covered with aluminum foil. Would you just let me take a peek at that. And soldered on this copper strip are a number of pieces of metal and a couple of wires and a little unit that appears to be a grid leak or a condenser. Is that what it is, Andy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll be talking about all of these things, and instead of me describing or talking any more, we might as well get right into our discussion of the morning. We have with us this morning Dave Bell and Charles Leadham. Charles Leadham is the uh, is the radio and TV producer, and he's been with us many times in the program. And although Charles is not one who believes in the fourth, the fifth, or the sixth dimension, he's down here sort of in a two-dimension planet, on a two-dimension planet, and he likes a little 3-D once in a while, but he wasn't even Man, familiar with four. I beauty.
1: feel two-dimensional tonight, I tell you.
0: You don't feel four-dimensional?
1: Well, the thing I want to know is, like, what is all that jazz...
0: Well, you'll find out in just a moment. We've got a lot of other things to talk about here, too. And uh, we possibly will have, after a little while, two other gentlemen join us and another lady. And these gentlemen, uh, Charles Wildes, is president of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis and John Cook, vice president of the same association, the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, These gentlemen are not here to talk about hypnosis, but these gentlemen do claim, or at least one of them, Mr. Charles Whitus, claims that he is able to project himself astrally as well. Whether he is able to do this with his ability to, with a self-induced hypnotic state, I don't know, but we'll be talking to him and all of these people. Before we get to our discussion of the morning, I'd like to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors. Tell us something about that, Andy. Okay.
3: Mr. Uh, John, could I thank the people who wrote letters to me over the radio? For your permission. You certainly may. Well, my radio friends, this is Andrew Sinatra. I want to thank those who send in their letters and their cards to Long John. I think you owe it going to all the trouble. Thank you very much. Well, now I'm going to describe this headpiece. In order to describe this headpiece, we have to go a little far back. No doubt you've seen pictures of Buddha. And he has a jewel on his head, which is called the third eye. But what this thing is, the third eye, it's a long, long story, which cannot be explained over radio. This was the time when men were sensitive to the impulses and it came through the third eye, through this jewel, in the prostrate gland. And then the prostate gland would transmit these things... Of, I'm sorry, my mistake, my anatomy. I mean the pituitary gland.
1: You mean maybe the pineal gland? The pituitary, the
3: pineal gland. This were transmitted through there and that these transmit into the brain and the brain would send these impulses out afterwards. They were received by this so-called third eye. Now, the third eye, like a diamond, is known to hold certain impulses. Now, have you heard of the Hope Diamond, a curse put on the Hope Diamond. This was in every paper. It's been on radio and spoken about. People who wore that diamond had trouble and sorrow. This was recorded according to what the papers stated now. Now, uh, uh, it works the same principle as this jewel does. This jewel will absorb certain impulses and later on will transmit them to the brain by so-called a force field. And this force field is taken up by the brain and then is transported in the brain by electronic impulses of cells of the brain to thoughts. And then these thoughts are transmitted to actions and a man acts according to the thoughts.
0: And that gives me a thought right now. Here's a message about Valentine Ale. Remember, it's brewed with brewer's gold. This morning with Dave Bell, Charles Leadham, and the Mystic Barber. That's Andy Sinatra. Andy, I'm sorry I hadn't interrupted that particular point. I'm very interested to hear more about the third eye and the band that you wear on your forehead. Well, you want to continue about this? I think I would, yes. Regarding the... Just, talk... just if you, if you yeah. will, please. Yeah, we can Don't rush and try to, you know, be correct when yeah. you're discussing anatomy, if you will, please. Uh, regarding the third eye, it was not true yet about it? The third eye today
3: is being used by mostly all psychics. In, in Tibet, the third eye was cut into uh, an individual, according to a certain book stated... Spoken about the high priest in Tibet, they cut in the third eye into an individual, and apply a jewel there, for which the party can see auras and various different things. Now, this is I read about this. But sometimes a person who is reincarnated and was had once a third eye is born with the natural gift of possessing the third eye in his reincarnation, and he does not need any of these gadgets or artificial third eyes. It comes to him naturally. This is an actual gift, what they call psychic vision. But he must have been before a high priest or a man of some religious organization that had this third eye idea, Buddhist or something of that particular faith, according in him. So now, with modern science, we are trying to make and resort, revise this particular plan called the third eye, and which I have made it over here, which is now on the experimental stage, and maybe in a few months or a year, I'll have one with Lily Electronics.
0: With what? I'm sorry, I didn't... Real Electronics. You know, real, yeah, And right. a
3: leader that can register the mental impulses coming to your mind. And also, likewise, to transmit mental impulses and uh, knowledge into the human mind by electrical impulses.
0: Andy Sinatra, uh, you, you've just given us the, the historical background yeah. of the third eye. Oh, Uh, Did the people who had this third eye Was it necessary for them to have a meter Like you intend to build one with a meter? Well, people who had the third eye,
3: my friends That time there was no electrical meters That goes back thousands of years Now, if they had any meters or not,
0: I cannot say But we've been told that there were flying saucers Well, uh, we were told There might have been flying saucers those
3: days But maybe they were not flying saucers there were type of astral projection manifesting themselves through the state of mind or
0: teleportations. You so, mean you mean that that if somebody is producing the phenomenon of teleportation that this would be visible to people standing on the street? There's people who have gained a higher intelligence. Well, I'm not talking about those people, yeah. I'm talking about the average person yeah. on the street. The
3: ab- well, well, the average person, there's people on the street today which I have confronted in my past broadcast, who I've had in the barbershop, gave them haircuts, I created a force field around them, and they were invisible in the mirror. And I proved that Lord John had a similar experience on his own broadcast recently with Dr. Nett to prove the statement.
0: Don't talk away. Is there Uh, somebody sitting in that empty chair? No.
1: No, oh, I thought they were. Uh, no, a start
0: I. with the fact that I had to on the barber's chair now. You, John, now, for a moment. No, yeah. I mean this. I'm, I'm almost, trying to be very sincere. Yeah. There was somebody sitting in that chair, and I didn't know whether they had left the studio or not. I didn't pay any attention, yeah. and you started to talk to the empty chair, and I thought that this person—oh no, it's Dave Bell. I thought uh, for a moment that you were still sitting there and that you were invisible. I wasn't talking to the empty chair. I was talking to the microphone what you seem no. to be facing well,
3: that If way. I can look around, I'm trying to distract my mind from other things. That are you it... receiving a,
0: a, a telepathic communication? No, well, at this, this
3: time I don't receive. It's all my own thought waves that are concentrated now. Before, I was a little leery when I started, but as I get going, I generate energy and then my thoughts are stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 in, pardon me. How do we refer to this gentleman as Mr. Barber or... or
0: uh, how would you like to address you? The mystic, Bob. The mystic. Ball. Well, that's
1: kind of cumbersome, though. we need a, I a, a think hand. I
0: think that if, if we had the, uh, the President of the United States here, I think we would address him as President Eisenhower. I think if we had uh, a doctor here, we wouldn't constantly say just doctor. We'd say Dr. Uh, uh, Jones or whatever his name is. I think we should extend that courtesy to him, Charles.
1: That's true, but I'm lazy. Well, all right. Uh, now, the thing uh, I want to know is what, what function does the meter serve in this
3: function that the meter serves, you know, today we're living in a world of skepticism. People yeah. say, prove it. Prove that's it. True. So consequently, we have to find ways of Mean, If I have to put a merchandise on the market that's sellable, with instruction, people say, I want to prove something to me. So consequently, by having the meter there and proving to them that the thing does carry current from its own force, so these particular stones I show you here, see, mm. that carries force and energy. I'll demonstrate you the energy that contains after. And the meter shows that this thing contains energy. The chances are a person, see, that will believe that such a thing is this. And if a person believes, he, he can acquire knowledge. And if he acquires knowledge, he's benefit to mankind.
1: You mean that if one of your customers takes this uh, uh, headband and... He will have the meter with it, and he sees current registering on there. Then he believes he's gotten value for it. And the power of
3: believing is the power of faith.
1: You think they wouldn't believe without the meter?
3: Some will believe me, or believe by past history, or by past reading they've done in the occult. They have some occult experience, but I want to tell you something. A man can believe all he wants, but if he hasn't got the talent in him to be as he should be, he's wasting time and money. And that person eventually strains his mind and winds up in a mental institution.
1: Well, don't you think your meter might contribute to this? Because the man with no talent will see all that current on the no. meter, and he'll strain his mind and he'll wind up in an institution. No. Well, the
3: question is, this is going to work just like a resistance. Mm-hmm. And if the, according to the number on the meter, according to the vibration of the meter, the meter will tell whether a person is qualified to use one of these things and possesses that particular talent either through hypnosis or indirect hypnosis,
1: hmm.
3: and act of resistance, whether his brain will function, and it can he's a positive receiver. Now, some people are not positive. They're negatives.
1: Well, as a point of sort of merchandising advice, wouldn't it be better just to have a meter in the store? You're going to waste if the only, the only thing they're going to use the meter for, as I understand, is to see if it works on them. Now, couldn't they just take a reading at the store and not have to have the meter on the gadget?
3: Well, if people are going to practice this profession, this is going to be a field of profession where people come to you. Mm-hmm. You're a qualified psychic. Yeah. You know the the motions of the meter, what they are, and the questions will be yes or no, whatever the question is to be. But the secret of this lies this cannot be accomplished unless the proper knows is proper uh, moon vibrations, the time it should be done. This is not done at all times. Mm-hmm. Now, this secret lies only within me, and the actualizer are expected of that individual, when the planets are in a position, and the moons are proper for him, for him to experiment. Now, anybody can take a gag and copy it, or even this here can be copied, but ain't going to do nobody no good if he doesn't know the right time to use it. Okay. will only act as a confusion. Therefore, it must be sent out and put out by a man who knows the time and the hour for that man to use it and guide it. Thus,
0: how do you know? The, the correct time to use? I know.
3: I made a study of that because I've spent three years
0: with the time. Uh, I don't want you to divulge this information that you have, but at least I think you can say this to me, that you feel something or you hear something or you see something. First, we have to go to the studies of the lunar cycles. I have no doubt about and that. Then you have
3: to know astrology. And then you have to know the negative and positive laws of the moon. But how do you know when and to use it? An actual experiment with several friends of mine. We took the chart, we took the moon, and we tried this thing. Your astrological chart? Yeah, ordinary astrological chart. Ordinary one. Yeah, and the time of the moon and positions. And by this particular sign of the moon, we knew when this thing would radiate better. I also apply astral projection the same way. When the door to receive... Impulse and want to send out impulse. I explained that in the last uh, broadcast I did. There's a certain time that you can do it. And as I told you, you've got to travel on the moonbeam. Uh,
0: I am not trying to be yes. facetious. Believe me when I say this, and I know that some of the listeners may feel that I am. You have just tossed that in very rapidly. You sort of dropped it. The word beam. Are you a beamer? Well, a beamer can
3: be a, a person belonging to some lodging known as a beamer. No, I wasn't thinking
0: of that at the moment. Well, I think, I that Charles, I think you know what I'm referring to. Yes. Uh,
1: what is it? <clears throat> well, there's a gentleman uh, in Texas whose name I uh, conveniently forget at the moment, uh, who is uh, the head of a school of beamers. And he, uh, through beaming, he cures people of their ills by. Uh, Oh, a mysterious process which he couldn't explain very well it had something to do with beams and uh, oh yes it was concept therapy that was it and yes concept therapy. practitioners of concept therapy who get their degrees from Texas in the mail uh, are uh, beamers now does this tie up with your I mean, can well, you Can a man be cured by receiving a beam
3: a, a certain time if the people that known for no good reason, they get healed up, either it was a coincidence or it just accidentally that man passed that particular beam, carrying that frequency, did all his electrons in his body became adjusted to normal, he got cured. Now, these beams act in that same principle form. Sometimes they're protective, sometimes they're destructive. Well, the recent case right here we had last one, was it Thursday? We I, had a I wasn't there when You weren't there. Was you had the eclipse when you were all wet.
0: The, the There's there many of the listeners that suggested eclipse, this, but I, I, know I didn't know you
3: noticed it. I know my friends here, the witnesses. It's going to be a, a big trouble because of the eclipse. I don't know where it's going to hit.
1: Did you see the eclipse?
3: Not I didn't see it. I was homesick. Oh, but I calculated a call to Australia. Did but your friends see the eclipse? Well, boom. boom. The eclipse was written. It was in the, all the papers. Did things.
1: your friends in Brooklyn or wherever it was see it? there well, it was in the papers. Well, I... I I'm ready to agree with that. So I'll go along, but I ask you the question. I was
3: question. Home I was sick. How could I see the eclipse?
0: May I, oh. may I just interrupt <laughs> a moment? No. Would you be kind enough that uh, Mystic Barber to listen Charles Leedham has a question, and I know that you're very uh-huh. anxious to answer
1: the yes. question, please. The point is this. Uh, we agree you didn't see it. We agree that it was written up in the paper and probably Pravda and several other things, but did your friends who are working on this with you see the eclipse in Brooklyn?
3: They
1: were working at the time. In other words, none of your
3: friends actually no, saw this. Well, I saw them about three weeks ahead of time, the something's going to go boom. There's going to be an explosion or an earthquake. Very close. So what happened? A similar event took place two years ago, a year ago in July, when they had a similar eclipse and a similar pattern, and two water mains blew up in New York. Now, i put putting two and two together... That's what my friend here, Hoffman, my wife, and the other boy, which I told him, I said, the same event will take place. But I do not know if it was going to be in New York. So consequently, that day of the eclipse, the water mains busted again because of a similar pattern. And you were downstairs, it came along? Well, similar out. pattern. A similar pattern of events. Or a pattern or pattern? Pattern.
1: Pattern, I see. Would you say it affected the power of this, the fact that the eclipse wasn't visible in this section of the country?
3: Well, look, wherever the center part of the eclipse hits, that's where the gravities change.
1: You well, see,
3: we have positive gravity coming down. When there's an eclipse, nature provides a negative force. Now, if it happens in the Pacific where well, there's water, on, there's, a, an, a, there's a, a hurricane or a, a volcano comes up or an island comes up from the Pacific where that particular spot strikes. If it's on land... There's an eruption, an earthquake or something, because the reverse action of gravity is done because of the eclipse. Now, these eclipses don't happen only with our moon. Hmm. We have solar spots every 11 years. We know when the solar spots hit us, it's proven by signs and paper that radio becomes telephone and telephone becomes radio and everything is mixed up. We are what they call those sun, They're sun moons, and they eclipse us in like a mugshot. Wherever they hit, they cause hurricanes and destruction... Because the gravity of nature is reversed. Now, let's put... Then we have Mercury. Now, Mercury is not a planet. Oh. It's a it? moon. A planet moves on its own axis. Mercury moves like a moon. Therefore, it's a satellite. It's another moon of the sun. That's
0: That's where I, yeah. I make yeah.
3: the biggest mistake there. And also, Pluto doesn't move on its axis. It's not a moon of the sun. A satellite doesn't move on its axis like our moon.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Now, I'm when right. these things start... Let's say we get a big... Uh, a big earthquake or something is when the moon eclipses on the same spot and you get the moons of the solar eclipse striking the same spot, these produce a great catastrophe. Because the nature is always ready to throw open pulses and there's a big earthquake or an island comes up from the ocean and that's what causes these things. These are natural phenomena, not supernatural. They're natural laws. All now, right. by understanding these laws that I know, and I found I was 12 years old about these laws. I learned a lot of things by understanding these physical laws.
1: The thing that I'm trying <coughs> to get at is sort of an understanding of what happens, these forces that occur during an eclipse. Now, I think from your description of the catastrophes and so forth that occur, I may be in error in my understanding of what causes an eclipse.
3: Now, let's forget what causes an eclipse.
1: Well, let's not. tell me? Would you tell me, for, for my benefit now, what does cause an eclipse?
3: I believe you're old enough and you have enough intelligence, enough knowledge, and read enough books to know of course.
1: Mr. Barber. Oh, pardon
0: me, no, no, I Mr. Was... Letham, <laughs> Mr. Leatham, pardon me. I agree. I think that that's an excellent comment, and I agree with your statement.
1: I appreciate that. Unfortunately,
0: I am not in the same category as Dr. Leatham. No. Would you be kind enough to tell me? I admit that I do not know. Tell me
3: i want to tell you because I'm not an about what I read. Fine. An eclipse is caused when a satellite is in front of the sun and closes shadows on the earth. Then there's a reverse eclipse when the sun, uh, a planet is between the sun and a satellite. That's an eclipse. Mm -hmm. This caused (coughs) many disturbances. I want to tell you something else about so-called eclipse. Have you known people walk in the yard, a farmer walked in his yard and all of a sudden went up in the sky... That's of right, the people just disappeared.
1: No, my circle of acquaintances is rather limited. Well, I haven't you, you met said, it, I don't know.
3: want to mention or give a... No, don't mention. In another it. magazine, <laughs> I don't want to give so-called a commercial, but I read quite a few places, the magazine, where a farmer was born in the yard with the family, had a pair, and all of a sudden, it flew into the air.
1: You now This is why the Midwest vote Republican now, all the time.
3: Also, well, another case where a woman was walking with a niece on the, on the street, and the kids start to raise up. Now, you ain't gonna laugh when I get through with the fucking on one, stage. Now, what happens? Now, sometimes a person can reverse his gravity and he can cause himself to rise. But it's done at a certain time when uh, he knows that certain forces are working around him. And there's my friend Long John is laughing. The same thing happened to him with Dr. Neff at the Paramount Theater when Dr. Neff started raising
0: himself because he understood those physical at uh, Just a moment, Andy. Mystic Barbara, don't don't move back and forth from the. I'll tell you why I'm, I'm I'm really not laughing. I'm smiling here, but I happen to have relatives that are farmers in Wisconsin, and I've been hoping for a long while that something like this would happen. And I can just picture this this weekend that that my uncle George is walking out on the farm in Wisconsin Dells, and all of a sudden he's gone. You see, this is the only reason I was smiling. Well, I'll give you the answer to that. You know every year I didn't even ask a
3: question. <laughs> oh, this is not a question, John. I'm trying to continue so that people Please understand do. on the Please. radio now we know people are disappearing every day from this earth. No traces are found. Now these things are happening all over the world. You know where you'll find these people? Up where Sputnik and Putnik is. They're floating there in space. Because of the sudden rush of the counter energy that's thrown from the earth. Has forced them past the stratosphere and the gravity. Therefore, anything that goes up there, whether it's footmen or Sputnik or people, isn't coming down again unless it explodes. And by force. In, you mean, in, I'll time, pardon me, a moment.
0: Just, just for the, yeah. the sake of our listeners, Andy, I, I I know that you're not too familiar with Earth electronics and radio. You're more familiar with the things that, that happen on the Moon, Venus, and Mars. But the equipment that we have here is just plain earth equipment. Would you be kind enough to remain in that same position, not move back and forth from the microphone, so that our listeners will be able to get every word of wisdom that you're kind enough to give us this morning? Uh, Please do that. Uh, Thank you you very much. I I think that uh, Mr.
1: Lederman. No, I just just had a vision of a farmer exploding in his orbit, and it made me kind of laugh. Do do these people explode, you say? I understand.
3: I wasn't there. I'm going... I'm putting two and two together, pieces together. Would to you just give
0: us two first, and then well, we'll take the other two and we'll add. I'd like well, to find there's out what...
3: There about four or five cases I read about papers. In, in, new in papers, newspapers and magazines. I don't want to mention because no, I don't I want, don't want to give I
0: can them understand
3: that. And Probably you read them, too.
0: Not my good fortune.
3: Well, known I, I have them home. There's two, my wife and my friend Hoffman read the same things, too, on the magazine... And my boy the secretary now recording his stuff. We read all read that.
2: Your secretary. Yeah, yes, well
3: we ma'am. read that in the magazine about people. Now if they, you in order if you don't know nothing you ain't gonna believe this but based on me that I have certain knowledge of things and facts on certain things
0: experience I consider it's a fact. In other words, these articles that you read about a farmer, or was it more than one farmer? It was
3: a girl, a farmer, several
0: people, uh, a picnic. And all, uh, were they all related? I didn't find Friends? That. Friends. All at a picnic?
1: Did this happen to... Did you say a
0: picnic? Happened. It happened. One was at a picnic. One individual at a picnic. No, yes. it was a picnic. The people have a There lunch. was a picnic. And one floated all of a sudden. In morning. other words, they're sitting around yeah. eating the sandwiches, trying to knock off the yeah. the ants from the sandwiches, and all of a sudden one just zoop, yeah. gone. One was a farmer. As far as ever, and one was a
3: woman walking down the street,
0: and just zipped right
3: out. Of now, it. suppose I bring you certain basic back of the past. This is not religion. Though. It's, it's Buddha. The life of Buddha. When Buddha died, he had his coffin put down. And he told him to lay the coffin there. And a certain day, the coffin would float to heavens. Now, this is a historic on the life of Buddha. And a certain day, the coffin did float to the heaven. Why? That man had knowledge of physics. It was a physical law. The knowledge of physical law. He knew that there would be an eclipse at a certain time. At that particular spot of the earth, and doing so, he knew that the reverse of gravity would send him to heaven. This is based on the life and history of, of Buddha. Uh, uh, I mean Muhammad. My mistake, Muhammad. I, so
0: I mean Buddha, Muhammad. Oh, my it's... mistake there. It was the life of Muhammad. Well, tell me, Mr. Barber, how does a person control this? Even if you understand the law, how do you control uh, this business of rising up into the air?
3: Well, you see, a normal body, like everything else, has repulsive activities.
0: Yes.
3: Now, the earth is always repulsing while it holds us down. If you take a bath, your body doesn't absorb the water, but it'll absorb the gas. It closes. If there's somebody, if you get an ordinary field, we have electrons in our body. These electrons travel throughout the body, and they draw positive negative impulses. Now, if you are sometimes a highly positive and a person's highly negative, you will get together. Now, if you are negative, and you meet another person whose body vibrations are negative, the cells of the body are negative, you would just hate that person. For no good reason, the only thing that holds you for punching that fellow in the nose for no good reason is because you're, a, you're civilized. Well but for no good reason you hate that person, you don't like his guts to suck because the vibrations that radiate from your body are highly negative to his. It's the same when you take two electronic fields. And put them together, they're repulsive. In human form, we are the same way. <coughs> well, what
0: about people who are neutral?
3: Well, we have some people have what a balanced electronic field,
0: and they don't either hate or strongly like somebody. Is that they right? Will,
3: um, they are influenced by the are strongest in them.
0: But uh, the question that I asked you before is this: uh, If you understand these laws that you were speaking of no. concerning. When there's an eclipse, you will fly up into the air. No. How do you protect yourself against this? Look, how you protect yourself,
3: I ain't going to tell you because I don't know. If you I will tell you. And no scientist today, are claim, unless he walks around with weights on him to change his body frequency and change, and then uh, so totally can't be shut up in the air. Because while one thing will... Uh, will cause the human body to flow. It may not cause a, a metal substance to flow because the frequency different. In other words, when you pass that particular spot, the frequency's got to be negative to your own body weight. But if your body weight's more, then the, that frequency can transmit, you don't go up there. In other words, it's got to be negative to impulses, just like different frequencies. You have W-O-R, K-B-K-A, different frequencies. We radiate a certain frequency. Now, if we hit a negative frequency equal to ours passing over the earth to that particular spot, you float negatively, you you go into space. That's what? why the people at a party, one will only float and others don't float. Now we get people on a boat. People known to find them. Everybody's done everything ready on a boat, nobody on a
1: boat. Well if I found these are film. facts
3: now, then I'm not I'm telling you these are facts that are recorded by by the uh, by the Astronomical Society and those navigation that they found people on a boat, nobody in the boat. Cleans disappeared. I would definitely... all that stuff. That's the same. The same. They pass this so-called electrical frequency, or pocket, and they float right out into outer space. We'll find out these things later on. If one of these footmen come back, or we go out of space, we're going to see bodies floating there, and we're going to see meteors floating there. Now, a lot of these meteors we get are not from outer space, or not from the
0: moon. You have been to the moon, though? Just a minute now.
3: I haven't been. I told you, I actually projected there.
0: That don't say I've been to the moon. Is there a difference? It's a lot of difference. One is. uh, Didn't you tell us about them drilling a hole from the dark side of the moon to the light? Projection
3: coming back like
0: radar. I got the impulses.
3: Physically, I haven't been to the moon, and I don't want people to believe that I've been there physically. I haven't been on a flying saucer either, but I've been through astral projection in these places. Now I got the question before. Now you get a volcano shoots a lot of uh, stuff in the air, or. at a high speed, what happens? A lot of these go through the stratosphere. So when they reach there, <coughs> past the ionized sphere, they can't come back because gravity is different. And they float out of space. And they're called uh, uh, different rocks and they call called a media. Now, eventually, these so called media lose their gravity force. It's repulsive. They fall down and we get them. We say, well, they're. And the speed of them falling down, they finally are destroyed. But they're really from our own earth and not from no other place. They're not from any stars or anything. They're right from our own earth.
0: Yes. I wonder... while. <coughs> with your kind permission, uh, <coughs> yeah. Mystic Barber, I wonder if you'd be kind enough for, say, a period of about ten minutes to sit over there to relax a moment because I'm going to talk to two gentlemen about astral projection. I want you to listen to every word because when you come back in about ten minutes or so... I want you to comment on this conversation, this interview that I'm going to have at this time. Will you be kind to Newt, yes. enough to do that for me? We also will be talking, I think, a little later with a very charming lady who has brought some of her, one painting with her and a number of ectochromes, that is, copies, photographs of other paintings that she has done, plus some masks. And this lady goes into a trance. She goes to different dimensions. And when she's in these different dimensions, she paints these pictures. Now, I know nothing about the trance states or the other dimensions, but the pictures are beautiful. There's no two ways about that. If you move over there a moment. Now, in a moment we're going to be talking about astral projection with two gentlemen from the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis. Before we do, let me take a moment to talk about the Niagara Cyclomassage Pad. Gentlemen, they claim that they have a knowledge of astral projection. One of them tells me that he is able to project himself astrally. And they are in hypnosis. Mr. Charles Wilde is president of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis... Mr. John Cook is Vice President of the Association to Advance Hypnosis. And I think we'll take, this will be not a discussion on hypnosis per se, that I can assure you, but I think we'll take a moment and talk with uh, Mr. Wiles and get uh, a little information about the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis. Mr. Wiles, what is the association? Well, the association is—is—is a, <clears throat> is a, is a what, sir? Uh, I see. Well, now uh, this microphone evidently is is a little loose. The connection there, possibly, Mister Cook. You can give us a little information about the association.
4: It's uh, more or less to uh, try to get the uh, association is to uh, help people understand hypnosis and to teach them what we can actually do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd, we'd like to have a medical association uh, come in with us. Mm-hmm. Help out. Fine.
0: Uh, Mr. Cook, uh, the name of the association leads me to believe that you are interested in advancing hypnosis and you want to do it in an ethical manner. Is, is am I? Is my assumption correct, oh, that's sir? That's right. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm very interested. I, I was not... Uh, I had no knowledge of this anyway, that hypnosis can be used for astral projection.
4: Yes, it can. Through uh, post-hypnotic suggestions or while the person is in a trance. hmm ha- I have projected people while they've been in a trance, but uh, had much better luck through post-hypnotic suggestions. Uh, for instance, I projected a person from... Uh, His house, which is approximately 15 miles away, to my house with a post-apart suggestion. uh, I wonder if I may interrupt a moment. Uh, I have a
0: little more details. In other words, you're sitting in your home or your office with the subject? That's right. And you hypnotize the subject?
4: Yes, and I tell him while he's in a trance that he will project in his sleep while he's sleeping at night.
0: Oh, in other words, he, he doesn't leave your house yes, with he, the astral body?
4: No, no. He no. leaves uh, perfectly awake. When he arrives home, he goes to bed. In the middle of the night, approximately 3 o'clock, he uh, gets the urge to leave his house. And to astrally project? Actually, mm-hmm. yes. And he,
0: what happens to him? He comes back to your place?
4: Yes. And I leave uh, dice on a table or a note. But... So far, I've had very good luck uh, reading dice. He read dice three times in a row. And uh, once I told him I would leave the dice, and I didn't read the dice uh, and uh, he told me that he'd been up three or four times during the night and he didn't find the dice.
0: Uh, I, I don't follow you. In other words, he astrally projected himself back to your home and he did not see the dice on the table? He did not. But the, the, the dyes were there?
4: No, I didn't leave them there purposely to see... Uh, well, then to, it,
0: it proved out that yeah. he evidently did project himself. Yes. You were doing this sort of as a method to get, uh, to get uh, yes. scientific evidence.
1: That's right. It's very interesting, Charles. Well, the thing I'm curious to know is where do you draw the line between hallucination and astral projection?
4: Well, uh, hallucinations, you wouldn't uh, be able to read the dice. The odds would be too
1: great. What what would you say the odds were against guessing it by chance in a pair of dice? Well, I wouldn't know exactly what they would well, be. but give me a first order
4: approximation <laughs> of what you think that would be. Well, I've had this fellow read uh, dice three times in a row, uh-huh. and uh, I would say that would be maybe a half a million to one chance that he would read it
1: three times to tomorrow row. It would be on the order of 500 or something. When it's 11 to 1 that you won't get it at one time. Is my statistics right on that, Dave?
4: Well, I'm not up on this business. Well, so it's 11 to
1: 1. You won't get it once. It's 11 squared. You won't get it twice. It's 11 cubed. You won't get it three times. It's nowhere near half a million. In any case, it's, it's extremely possible that it could happen. It is. Yeah. You know, by pure coincidence and chance.
0: Well, but how many times is he correct in, in, in telling you uh, what side of the
4: dies are up? Well, three times... I did three times and three, each 100%. time. hundred percent. hundred percent. Charles, we, I don't
1: think we can belittle this. Well, there's never been
4: a failure, in other words. No. There, there's been a failure to the point where, he, where I would tell him he would project and see the dice, but he did not project. But when he did project, he did see him.
1: Well, now, as I understand this, uh, we've discussed astral projection before, and there always seems to be an appearance. In other words, all he does is go about and read dice. No one sees him, no one uh, one talks to him. No, it's actually a case of projected, uh, almost more clairvoyance than astral projection,
4: wouldn't you say? Well, that's the point where we uh, discuss at the association. We try to find out whether it was... uh,
1: The thing that occurs to me is that clairvoyance, whether it exists or not, the term covers exactly what you've been describing now, why do you then go beyond that and apply this rather mystic term, astral projection, to this phenomenon? We, we, so we
4: try to prove out whether it was astral projection or merely mind reading. We didn't... Uh... It could be telepathy, because you, of yeah. course, knew which way the dice were.
1: Well, now, what indications do you have that it was astral projection rather than clairvoyance well, he, or telepathy? It,
4: uh, he felt himself leave his house. He, he felt that he woke up during the night and he had a very strong desire to... Here at my house. Well, that's and covered by hallucination pretty clearly, wouldn't Yes, it would be. He said he felt a, a sort of a rushing sensation, acceleration up to my house in a split second mm-hmm. he arrived, and then when he saw the dice, he, he got a little terrified, and he got the desire to go back to his bed, and he had the same acceleration back to his house. Of course, oh. uh, it
1: could be could be hallucination and uh, chance, or perhaps a little clairvoyance has left him off. Why did you decide on this curious way of proving astral projection? Wouldn't it have been simpler to have him appear to you in your house or your office if you were really attempting to determine that there was astral projection? We did try that.
4: We had no uh, success at all. Which is a strike against AP, yes. as I will refer to it. Right. I had another case where I had a fellow project or about 20 miles to the plant where he works and uh, to watch the fellow on the next ship. And uh, he had a particular problem uh, assembling some parts. And uh, he described, next next day he described to the fellow that was assembling, he told him exactly what he did and the problem he had, which was, uh, was pretty hard to uh, guess, at.
1: Well, I don't know the, enough of the circumstances of that, but the thing that uh, occurs to me is that you, you say you've had experiences with astral projection when actually you have made only the briefest and sketchiest of approaches to an experiment with astral projection. Is that, uh, right. that more or less covers it? Right. There's been no proof, no manifestation other than a None curious reading of dice.
4: Well, now, how do you plan to go on from here? Well, I, I plan to. Uh project two people at once and have them meet in, in a particular place and uh, possibly that way I would find out whether they would see the same thing at the same time and perhaps have a conversation with each other. Of course, that would be quite in the future.
1: What? Uh, why are you uh, experimenting along these lines? Is this tied up with the advancement of ethical hypnosis? No, it has nothing to do with it. It's just a personal thing. This is a sideline. In other words, Mr. Wiles, the president is not, uh, or are you just, are you also personally interested apart from your office as uh, president of the Mm -hmm. AAEH?
2: I am just
1: interested on my own. So this this has nothing to do with the association? No, 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 no.
0: All
1: All right, well,
0: I I have a few questions that I'd like to ask, if I may butt in here just a moment. Uh, When you placed the person under hypnosis, you suggested to them the sensations that they would feel when they were leaving their body. Oh, no, no. But you did tell them they would feel a desire to leave their body and that they would leave their body. That's right. At a certain time during sleep. So from this, it would follow that they would probably hallucinate the feeling
4: of having left their body. Yes, there's a very good chance they would hallucinate uh, that's why we left the dice to uh, more or less try to see if they did see them, see the dice, and they read the numbers on the dice. And as had been mentioned before, being able to what were the dice, uh, were the
0: numbers on the dice given to you on the following day, or how did you get that information? On the following day. The following day. Did this information come to the subject in their sleep,
4: or were they in the waking state? Did it come to them as a dream? Uh, they felt as if, uh, as as though they woke up during the night, but they weren't sure.
0: As though they woke up, and yeah. was this experience during the time when they woke up? Yes. That uh, did they see their body lying in bed no, when they, they were leaving? No, they didn't.
4: They felt the acceleration and everything blacked out. The next thing they knew, they we were standing next to the table where the dice were. at
0: Mister uh, Cook. Uh... <clears throat> As vice president of the association to advance ethical hypnosis, I think that you your opening comment was that the association is interested in having uh, medical supervision or the the medical profession to sort of guide you. Yes. I didn't quite follow it. Would you well, repeat that again, of, please? Uh,
4: guide us and uh, at the same time work along with us, like uh, for instance, I have a few doctors that I called up and asked them if they would be interested at any time to have a hypnotist Mm -hmm. on hand. Yes. And they were interested, and they told me that any time they have a patient, they would call me up.
0: I was just wondering if if you feel that possibly the medical profession, as a group, would also be interested in astral projection.
4: Well, I, I doubt whether it would be as a group. Possibly
0: as, possibly as individuals. individuals yes. uh, I just received a phone call from a, a listener. He has requested me not to use his name. He is not a hypnotist and he is not a doctor, that much I can tell you. But he yes. listens to the program. I do not know the man personally. And he said to me that there are a number of uh, branches. To the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, is that true? There's different that's true. chapters. I think that we true. are
4: of the Long Island branch. Hmm.
0: Oh, uh, in Long other Long words, Mister Wiles and and you, Mister Cook, you're from the Long Island yes. branch. Yes. Oh, I see. Uh, Mister Cook, do other chapters, in other words, do members of the other chapters of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, do they also? Uh, indulge in uh, in research into astral projection?
4: Not that I know of. Not that I know
0: of. In other words, this is peculiar to... Yes. ...to the Long Island branch? No. Only, no, this is no, only person.
2: our own doings on our own Personal. There's
0: no. nothing to do with the association whatsoever. Oh, I see. But you are president and Mr. Cook is vice president of the yes. Long, Island Long
2: Island chapter. chapter.
0: Uh... Another question that comes to my mind, of course, both of you gentlemen were kind enough to join us for this brief period of time this morning, and as you know, uh, Mr. Wiles, I talked to you on the phone last night, I had no knowledge that you were a hypnotist or even connected with the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis. But when you came up here tonight, you did give me this information. Now, In other words, you told me you're president of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, and that Mr. Cook is vice president. Is that right?
2: Uh, that is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, but, uh, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, but as I told Mr. Cook when you made the announcement that it was a chapter, a Long Island chapter.
0: Mm-hmm. And there is the, a, a, a Brooklyn chapter as well, a New York chapter. Are, are the are the members of the Brooklyn chapter interested in astral projection too? Uh, this I couldn't say, sir. Uh, have you ever contacted the, the parent uh, chapter, the parent organization, uh, in other words, the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, and reported some of your findings with astral projection?
2: We have just received our charter, our chapter.
0: I see. So we are,
2: we've only had it about two weeks now.
0: What were the requirements? Uh, on the uh, on the part of the association to advance ethical hypnosis to give you uh, a chapter or whatever it is, you know, one of these papers, I guess, sort of that gives you the right to charter. Well,
2: that's for your background and your age and uh, uh, what knowledge you have of it. Well, they couldn't. They
0: couldn't ask. They couldn't ask a group
1: their age very well could they well, what, another, we ought to establish at this point the membership of the Long Island chapter so we can know what we're talking about
0: that's true how many members are there Mr. Cook uh, Mr. Wiles pardon
2: me well so far uh, I have a listing of 35 names sir.
0: well in other words the the parent organization do they require the names the ages and the, the, uh, the uh, education of All of the 35. Very interesting. Charles, did you have a question? Yeah, well, I was...
1: uh, I keep coming back to this astral projection. Uh, I take it from the fact that you have uh, pretty strongly divorced the association from astral projection, that you don't anticipate any medical use of projection. None whatsoever. Uh, Well, I... I think I got an answer a while ago, I don't recall, to just why you want to uh, establish this if it does exist. What, what benefit, beneficial results will there be, if any, of establishing that you can cause a person to astrally project through hypnosis?
4: Mr. Cook? Well, I, wouldn't say, I can't say exactly what could be done with it, but uh, it would be uh, possible to uh, be in different places... And, uh, well, you could see things that you would ordinarily see. I think Hold down maybe, two jobs. Certainly. <laughs> make a wonderful uh, uh, detective, for instance.
0: Yeah, that would be of great value. That's certainly some advancement.
4: Well, do you think
1: that the television industry might object to this, uh, this particular line of development because it would put them out of business? I doubt very much. Oh, how it would, would how it put them out of business? Well, why would I need a 21-inch set if I could astrally project myself into the studio? Good point. It's a good point. Well, you, you don't anticipate uh, this this far
4: spread of astral projection? No, not at all.
0: Mr. Cook, you're very serious about this, though, aren't you? About yes, yes projection. I am
4: serious. Uh, to the point where I would like to see, prove out whether it's a fact or fiction.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, where is the parent organization located? Of the the Association to Advance... in units. New Jersey. In where? New Jersey. In New Jersey. Oh, I see. Did uh, did you ever tell uh, the the president of the national? Is it a national association? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Did you ever tell the the president of the National Association of Advancement of Ethical Hypnosis that you were conducting experiments in astral projection?
2: We have been conducting uh, astral projection experiments uh, prior to our uh, membership.
0: Yes, that's what I meant. Did you, have you informed them uh, no. of your experiment? No. Don't you think this would be of value to them, so that they could publish these findings, so that other groups would be able to continue on yes, in well, this sort of <coughs> this avenue <abnormal coughs> of experimentation? As I said before, we just
2: got our chapter, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it's going to take time to write up and notify these people. True.
1: True. Uh, the word ethical here uh, curiosifies me a bit. You, uh, what do you consider to be unethical hypnosis? Well, stage hypnosis, for instance. I see. Well, now, here's, well, here's the point I'm coming to, is that you take this little guy and you hypnotize him and you say to him you're going to have him astrally project. And, of course, you don't know now whether there is such a thing as astral projection or not. He goes home and he goes to sleep and he thinks that he projects himself to your house and reads dice or sees that dice aren't there or something, and then after that he goes around to his friends and community and co-workers and so forth and says to them, I have experienced astral projection. Uh, Because he does believe it, obviously, if he reads dice and so forth. Now, do you think that uh, this might be a rather unkind thing to do to a citizen? Because you will probably aware of the fact that people who go around talking about astral projection are looked on with a certain (coughs) amount of scorn by other members of the population. Now, this would bring your subjects into a rather bad light with some of their friends and co-workers, and that doesn't
4: seem very ethical to me. That's true. We, uh, for instance, myself, I try to find someone that's equally as interested as I am in the projection, and therefore they would be uh, as skeptical
1: as I am. In well, other words, we... they would not go around saying to their That's friends, that, I absolutely protected no. myself. Well, that, uh, if, if, you have, if you're completely sure of that, then I suppose there's no, uh, no real damage done. But I would still suspect that no matter how interested a man is, if he were fully convinced, and he must have been fully convinced to have red dice in your house three times, if it should turn out that this was indeed not astral projection, which you now admit that it certainly could, because this is an experiment, you would leave him in rather a curious state of mind, because he would then say, I have been, my mind has really been playing tricks on me, and who knows where he might end up.
4: That's right, and uh, of course, right now, this fellow realizes the tricks your mind can play. Mm-hmm. You can uh, cause all sorts of hallucinations, and mm-hmm. uh, he realizes as much as I do. So, well, what.
1: And this man that you've experimented with, uh, who reads your dice, how does he feel about it? Does he feel it's astral projection or does he feel it's a hallucination? No, we're both in this talk about it yet. <laughs> he doesn't, in other words, he doesn't have a confirmed opinion as to whether he actually did project to your house or no. whether he just hallucinated the whole affair. I, well, I, I know that if I were the subject, I would be left in a pretty curious state of mind if I
4: didn't know what I had been doing. Well, I know a fellow that uh, had uh, hypnotized himself and claims he projected mm-hmm. that uh, wasn't uh, up on the subject enough to realize that he could have had uh, hallucination, and that's why I picked the person that realizes all these things, and of course, uh, neither one of us believe wholeheartedly that it is projection.
0: We, uh, I've just received a phone call from Jules B. St. Germain, the attorney of Lynbrook, Long Island, and he has offered either one of you gentlemen or the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis $500 if you can prove astral projection under controlled
4: conditions. Well, I doubt whether we could prove it, but, uh, we well, what would he call proof? Well, I, I would uh,
0: presume that proof would be that you would take your subject. Certainly not somebody who he's going to supply. Of course, I shouldn't be telling you the details. I don't know. I'm not offering it because I have confidence in you. I, have, and furthermore, I haven't got five hundred. But uh, I would. Uh, I imagine that Jules would want to have you select your subject and you would hypnotize them, put them into, as you say, a trance state, whatever it may be, and uh, that Jules would remain in your home, wherever the dies are going to be, and he would watch. You'd set them up, and uh, this man at a certain hour would uh, astrally project himself, and Jules would want to be sure that he is also at the other place, and that no one would have a knowledge of of uh, what sides of the dice were up, and if this man could report that, I think Jules would be happy to not only give you five hundred for charity, but he'd possibly throw you an extra five hundred. Jules is a generous man when it comes to something like this.
1: Tempted to try it myself, now, John. John for that kind of money, John. You know that
0: doesn't prove astral projection. That was proves it, something, my it friend. It could be, it could be clairvoyance yes, or
1: telepathy. Yeah, I'm or, not
0: into it. Now we're coming into shalones again. It yeah, could I'll be that experimental
1: method. For, That's but right. The thing that the more I think about this controlled astral projection, the less ethical it gets to me. Sorry to say, because suppose you were playing a game of poker with a guy who could project himself astrally, and he could read off your hand, couldn't he? And suppose you were a top government official and you stamped something secret and lo and behold, you know, 7,500 members of the Advancement Society for the Advancement of Ethical Hypnosis were suddenly standing behind your shoulder reading off atom bomb data and satellite data and uh, the state of the president's health and all kinds of things. Absolutely.
4: It would be wonderful for a government at the same time if uh, if that was true. They could project to, uh, for instance, to Russia find out exactly what's going on, if it was possible.
1: you think, in other words, that this sort of thing would be a definite uh, step forward in the espionage system of the United States? It could be. (laughs) Well, John, I'm just curious to think that uh, however the prevailing opinion seems to be that we have more to hide from them than they have to hide from us. So if we both side, and if we had... uh, uh, a young lad named Ivanovich project, projecting himself over here, we would lose out in the long run, wouldn't we? I guess we would. So you think this is the right track to follow when, we, when the country might be at a loss at the end of it? Well, I doubt whether
4: we'll get to that point. <laughs> well, where, What point do you think you will get to? Well, I, I would know. I mean, uh, right now I'm experimenting <laughs> in, it, in the field.
1: On well, do you base the myself, statement that you
4: doubt you will get to that point? That's what if the it got part. to the point where everyone could project, mm-hmm. it would be a, a matter of uh, conditioning all people to it, I suppose. just the same as the, the atom bomb, for instance. You mean you would condition them not to steal government secrets? No, I suppose they would find a way to uh, to uh, have a secret to, even though you can project might station astral guards
1: around secret papers <laughs> in the government. Well, I don't know where this is leading. It scares me, John.
0: Well, I, I'd like to find out how it started. Mr. Cook, could you tell me how you first became interested in this?
4: I happened to overhear people discussing the astral projection, and a friend of mine had a book on it by Muldoon. And uh, after reading about it, I got quite interested in
1: Mr. Wiles, how about uh, you? What is your feeling on this? If I may interrupt for just a moment, uh,
0: Charles. Mr. Wiles, it seems that you told me last night on the telephone or yesterday morning that you, as an individual, I'm not talking about somebody else, one of your subjects, that you, as the president of the uh, Association for uh, Advancement of Ethical Hypnosis, that you have projected yourself astrally. Is that true, sir? Yes, sir. Now, when you proje- uh, projected yourself astrally, did you project yourself to another dimension or to another planet? No, sir. I read a,
2: a book by Muldoon and Character.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, uh, I read the book thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And i done what I was supposed to do according to the book. I see. I got myself into this state, and uh, I felt these vibrations come on, and I stopped. So, uh, with that few days later, I went outside in the living room. Mm-hmm. I laid down on the couch. Yes? All of a sudden, I felt this <clears throat> sensation
0: of rising. So I'd feel, well, something's happening, I'm just going to stay here. you feel at that time, Mr. Cook, that you were possibly in a self induced hypnotic state? Uh, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you. S- oh, excuse me, Mr. Wiles, I'm sorry.
2: Continue, please. And. Uh, with this sensation of rising, I just let it continue. And the next thing I knew, I was right in the living room. I knew I was on the couch, but I was also standing in the living room. And I see my wife standing there, right in the living room.
0: Well, the, the fact that you saw your wife doesn't impress me a bit, because she was not projecting herself but she... at the present time. You were projecting yourself. Yes. Is that right, Mr. Yes, uh, Mr. Wilde? Yes. Well, now, you're lying on this couch. Yes, sir. You put yourself into a self-induced hypnotic state. Yes. And all of a sudden, you feel yourself rising. Yes. And you are aware of the fact that the physical body remains on the couch. That's right. But the astral body is standing in the living room. That's right. Did the physical body see the astral body standing next to your wife? No. Where does your wife come in with this story?
2: Well, she she having ironing in the the living room. In the living room. Watching TV.
0: Watching TV,
2: yeah. And I had just happened to go in and lay down on the couch. And I felt this, as if I dozed off, I felt this sensation. And I just let it continue by itself. I'm sorry. I'm well, no, this, this and,
1: all is in the same room. Now, I thought there were two rooms involved. You were lying on the couch in the living room. Yes, sir. Your wife was in the living room. Yes. Sir. And you just sort of rose up out of your body and stood there a few feet away from the couch. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. looked at her. Yes, sir. Did she see you? No, sir. She had her back turned.
2: No, sir. She, she didn't see me at all.
1: All she saw was your physical body lying on the That's couch. That's I So I was asleep.
0: But the, but you did. In other words, the physical body evidently saw the astral projection, didn't it?
2: Uh, well, let me... Maybe I can put it this way. Please do. When the, the rising of the astral body, it rises... Well, when you're asleep, the astral body raises 6 inches to 12 inches from physical body. Yes. This is when you're asleep. Now, if you, if you're, uh, you go deep enough, mm-hmm. the astral has a tendency to rise. Now, according to Muldoon, there is an astral cord connecting the, to the, to the consciousness. Isn't that the silver cord? The silver cord, That's yes. Right. And it's connected to the forehead and to the back head of the astral body. And, uh, this cord is supposed to be uh, have no limitation of uh, distance, systems. And as I say, uh, I just come out of it, and I, I just stood there. And I got frightened, and I snapped back, and I woke right up.
0: Now, Mr. Wiles, if I may recap this again, because I know everybody sitting around the table understands it, and our listeners do. I'm just a little confused, though. You told me that you put yourself into a self-induced hypnotic state. When you're in this hypnotic state, lying on a couch in the living room, Mrs. Wiles is ironing at the time watching television, the body, the astral body, starts to leave the physical body. It rises some 8, 10, or 12 inches above the physical body. The silver cord is still connected between the astral and the physical body, and now the astral body is standing in the living room. In the living room. What did it do? I just got frightened. Just, was the astral body body fully clothed in the same fashion that the physical uh, body was clothed? You don't remember?
2: I don't remember, and no. I, I don't even know if it was
0: on or not. Well, Mr. Let me go ahead.
1: No, sir. I'm just. Uh, this was uh, without any doubt in your mind. This was astral projection. Is that right?
2: Well, from what I read on it, yes.
1: Therefore, you are not in the same. Uh, do not have the same view uh, as your, the vice president of your chapter that astral projection remains yet to be proved. I, I say it has yet to be proved. Well, now, if you did it, it certainly hasn't yet to be no, proved. No,
2: because of the simple reason that the mind can play tricks on us.
1: In other words, this it is... It could be an hallucination. This was very possibly, in your mind, simply a hallucination, the, 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 the a dream. dream. Yes. Why do you then say that you think it was astral projection?
2: Because it... Uh, when I seen my wife, she was in the living room. And when I came to out of this
1: uh, yeah. sleep, sure enough, she was in the living room. I... Well, she wasn't in the living room when you put yourself in this hypnotic state. Yes, yeah, she was in the, at the time, yes. Well, then just the fact that you knew it afterwards seems like very little proof of anything to me. You say that you, you assumed that this was an astral projection because your astral body saw your wife in the living room. You knew it before, so what new information did you gain from this projection that convinced you that it might have been an astral projection?
2: Well, uh, uh, when I, uh, as I say, when I stayed in the living room, there was a different light. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an ordinary light such as you have here.
1: Yeah.
2: It was more or less of an amber light.
1: Yeah. It,
2: it, it was a north color.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, this here, uh, I've never seen a dream. I've never dreamed of colors before.
1: Well in other words the fact that there were colors is what convinced you that it was an astral projection, yes, is that one right? Yes. Use in other words, the fact that in what may have what you would ordinarily have thought of as an hallucination or a wild dream, that you saw an amber light, mm-hmm. this was then the criterion for an astral projection. That's the way I looked at it. I see. Well I keep getting back to the, this point here that uh, keeps curiosifying me more and more. Would you say is it, this is within your definition of ethical hypnosis. Its use to astrally project. Is that right? Excuse me, Well, In other words, your your association is working for the advancement of ethical hypnosis. Yes, sir. The fact that you are using hypnosis as an experimental way to effect astral projection, I would assume, as an ethical experimenter, that this is this lies within the realm of what you consider to be ethical hypnosis. Astral projection through hypnosis is ethical. Is that right?
2: Uh, I would say on the individual himself. In other words, uh, if uh, if the man wants to experiment on it himself, he may.
1: Would you, uh, by that statement, say that what your vice president has been doing is unethical because he's been experimenting with other people? He
2: has, as he says, he's been experiment with other people who are uh, interested in astral projection.
1: Therefore, it's not just necessarily on yourself, but on anyone who is interested.
2: Well, if they are interested in yes.
1: In other words, anyway, experimentation with astrally, with hypnotically induced astral projection, uh, <laughs> I like that phrase, under certain conditions, falls within what you consider to be ethical hypnotic procedures. Uh
2: <laughs> well, uh, well, what I'm driving on is that uh, it's not the question of it being any, any connection whatsoever with the ethical...
1: No, I know there's no connection, to the thing is, you are a practicing hypnotist, or at least an auto-hypnotist. Mr. Cook is a practicing hypnotist. You have both experimented either on yourself or on other interested parties with inducing astral projection through hypnosis. Now, the fact that you have done these experiments would indicate to me that you consider this an ethical use of hypnosis... I would, talk, I would hate to think you were doing it considering it was an unethical
0: Well, I, I think the have. question, if I may, and certainly you don't need any help on my part, Charles, I think what your question basically is, are you an ethical hypnotist or an unethical hypnotist? I am an ethical hypnotist. Then if you are an ethical hypnotist and you conduct experimentations in astral projection, you do feel that this is ethical. Yes,
1: sir. And you would then... Uh, Favor using the association to advance this sort of practice. Is that right? If this is ethical hypnosis, and if the association advances ethical hypnosis, we've therefore,
0: we've established that this is ethical. Child, man has told this, this. In other
1: words, you would favor the use of this national association to advance uh, astral projection through hypnosis. I would, I would almost have to follow. It would have to follow up. So this, this I take it, is more or less the official attitude of the Long Island chapter of the Association for the Advancement of Other Hypnosis. I said in one breath. Is that true? Yes,
0: sir. Is that about it, sir? Yes, sir. Right. Well, gentlemen, I want to uh, say thanks very much to uh, Mr. Charles Wallace, the president of the Long Island chapter of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis, and Mr. John Cook, the vice president of the... Long Island chapter of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This doesn't mean that you should leave, but just give up the seat so the Mystic Barber can come back. Fair enough? Yes, sir.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you a lot, gentlemen.
0: We appreciate it. See, let me talk just a moment about Reader's Digest. We asked the Mystic Barber to just sit on the sidelines for a brief period of time while we had the pleasure of talking with Charles Wildes and John Cook. Mr. is president of the Association to Advance Ethical Hypnosis. Mr. Cook is vice president of the same organization. And uh, we have a lot of things to talk about with the Mystic Barber, but I thought first that uh, possibly, Mystic Barber, you'd like to comment on astral projection as described by Mr. Wildes and Mr. Cook.
3: My friends, regarding astral projection... I made a statement like that in the last time I talked on September the 7th, which I described astral projection and mental projection. Cause there's a lot of people in this field who, have, who are not familiar with these things, and I made these statements so that those who tried and experimented would know the difference. Regarding what I heard tonight, although my friends here are sincere and honest in their efforts, that was not astral projection, but was mental projection. Because in mental projection, there's only a, different, there's only a small uh, differentiation, as we would say, between astral and mental. In mental projection, when the body is sent out to mental projection, a person will see colors, just like a dream. It's really the state of mind is out, and not the body, astral body. In astral projection, is entirely different. In astral projection, when a person astralizes himself, he does not see colors. Everything is black and white. And his body doesn't come out in the form of a body, but just like a blue ball from the center of the stomach, carrying a ray from the integral of the stomach and floats. After this little ball is out, he can, through his mind, while asleep, form this ball in any form or desired form, whether physical or animal. Oh, astrological by the state of mind.
0: If that I may... is astral yes, Thank you. If I may interrupt a moment, I know that you described this uh, phenomenon the last time. Mm-hmm. That is a section of it. And it, I, I hope I'm correct. If I am, you just nod no, in accord. No. I know that you told us that it was a blue ball with sort of white dots on it. Am I right? Sort of poker dots? No. Is that...
3: No, poker dots. A blue ball, I said. Now, if somebody misunderstood, or maybe it was a a question in there where there was a misunderstanding we got mixed up and talk. It's just like a, 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 a fluorescent ball.
0: Now, these that was dogs, it. Now, I, I, now, I'm, so, I'm glad you fluorescent.
3: Well, yeah, make that point. These uh, balls have been seen before as floating around different parts of the country and uh, known to float on different people's heads and uh, floating on fences. Sometimes they're mistaken for what they call the, uh, the lights of Ellen lights, but they, these are different. They're not astral projection. Now, this is somebody who projects themselves somewhere, someplace. Now, this projection can go out of space or any place the person wants while he's at bed seat and it's, it's controlled by his own mind. This thing will go there and form itself to any desired form he wants. Now, some of them have reached a higher intelligence. After they become astral projected, they, these people can become visible to the facts such as we know a very religious people of very religious organization, where these men who studied the high art of priesthood could project themselves to other places and make themselves visible. That is what they call a high intelligence. But whatever they saw, whatever they've done, it was not the real body, but the astral body of the individual. In some cases in history, people have thought to have killed someone, which they did not. They actually destroyed the astral body not destroying the original body. And up to this day, some people believe that such a person has been killed who is yet still alive and living today.
1: Well, Mr. Mystic Barber, uh, I take it from that it, it is possible, and something I've never heard before, to destroy the astral body. Is that a permanent destruction? No,
3: the astral body cannot be destroyed. The physical body can
1: because well,
3: it belongs to the earth form earth
1: You said these people killed the astral body.
3: When I say kill the astral body, I meant to say they thought that they destroyed the physical body, but really they destroyed the, 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 the astral body. pretended an act according to the mind sent to them by the physical body that it was dead.
1: You mean they sort of swung at the astral yeah. body it and, buried, and, it and then revived? So it was it,
3: the astral body, not the physical body, the individual.
1: They hit the astral body on the head, say, and it fell down yeah. and was buried, but it wasn't really dead. Yeah.
3: Sometimes people with a high astral power of the body can create an astral body and create ment- uh, through the body impulses reacting to the astral body like a meal, cause other people to see and disillusion different things creating different forms. Now, sometimes these forms, as the ancient people say, they were considered as ghosts, they were considered as werewolves, and they were considered very other things, which really was the astral body, the individual that acted in this form, but not the individual themselves. And consequently, they were never destroyed until the astral body was found in the grave and the actual physical body was destroyed according to ancient uh, rituals and uh, religious beliefs.
1: Well, it occurs to me that it's something you might have an explanation for with these astral bodies. I understand you've had some uh, experience in mental institutions. Is that correct?
3: Well, I worked in mental institutions as Bob and as a pendant.
1: Well, then you were familiar with the fact that a good many of the uh, inmates and your clients in that case yeah. uh, believed they saw and they heard voices, they saw people, and commented on them. This is, in fact, why they were in the institution. Yeah. Would you say that possibly what they were seeing and hearing were astral bodies? Well, I want to tell you something. I'm a mental institution.
3: I was four years in mental institution. But I secured that job personally for my own research work in my own field, which I had no money. I had to find a way to acknowledge and gain my knowledge by working in such places. That 60% of the people in a mental institution are not mentally ill. you
1: think they're...
3: they're, I'm going to break your story. My wife's here to prove it later on of a, a mental case. Now, these people, after they get in there, they either have atrophy of the brain or atrophy of the mind, and they feel sound impulses because through the bone, because of the brain is slightly atrophied. And uh, when they hear these impulses, because the brain is slightly atrophied, they think they hear voices. And uh, with fear. And unauthorized psychiatrists who claim themselves as psychiatrists, they just leave you there and wait till you get well with time. These people actually eventually become insane. In words, and I know because I worked there, I lived with them, I ate with them, and I slept with them. As an attendant, and I was a barber.
1: In other words, you had uh, some fairly extensive conversations with the inmates of the institutions.
3: Well, in one case there, I tried an experiment in where I was working with one of my bosses. It was not only his brother was member one of my largest I want to try an experiment uh, I tell him to put me at night in his violent ward and leave me alone and here's one of the strangest things happened there I don't want to mention his name either because he's a good friend of mine one of the best psychiatri- psychiatrists this country has he's now head of well one of the hospitals and he tried my experiment the strange thing was I was put in a ward with like uh, 100 or 200 some odd people were finally where it took 12 men to subdue. Them. Yet at night I would go there alone, take care of the place alone, and everything was peaceful and quiet. And when these people came to me, I talked to them. They were talking sense. I pretend sometimes I would be asleep. Two or three will get up and stand and watch me, and see nobody else bothered me. Now why were these people talking sense while I was there alone with them?
4: Well, was, they
3: insane, or did they, was it insane? Or was it faith? Or was it that I radiated? Uh, a vibration that seemed to have soothing effect on
1: them. In other words, you feel there was a certain bond of sympathy between you and the violent ward inmate.
3: Now, consequently, as soon as anyone else would come in there, they would go off. Now, these of them, this was a test of condition for three months, which i done in one of the hospitals. Only to experiment and find facts for myself.
1: You mean that you went into this violent ward? I court? secured a position. Every night for three months?
3: I worked there. I was a barber and a tender. I used to... I could throw an off. I'd take this uh, Night shift. I would make an extra dollar. Now I'm going to tell you a case. that happened one in a hospital here. <laughs> While I was working there, my daughter was in love with a young man, a college boy, studying to be an engineer or something. So she says, Dad, will you please get him a job for the summertime so we can get married? Now, I know the man and the family. leave me. A wonderful family. I know him since he was a child, as young as my own daughter. So through political or friendly relations, I killed my job in one of the main state hospitals, which I don't want wish to mention, here in the city. I was a barber, and as a barber, I would be close to the supervisors, the attendants, and the doctors. And because they knew me, they'd done me a favor, and I told them the true story. The boy was over six feet that I brought there. The supervisor of this hospital liked him so much. And through my friendship that he made him his own personal, personal guard. Right. Now generally when a head man goes to a hospital, he has two or three guys to go with him for protection. Then he said, if this fellow stays, he's going to make him head guard. He told me personally, head guard of the place. But unfortunately this man, a very good man, one of the best psychiatrists of the country is now deceased, and a very good friend I lost only a few years ago. Head of one of the hospitals in the state of New York. Yes. Now these statements can be, be proven any time anyone wishes, any psychiatrist or medical association of fact, because I still have friends in these hospitals who know me, and these events took place.
1: Well, what is it? That now,
3: after three months, they're walking through one of the violent wards. This, uh, this young man that I secured position for was gone, my daughter, for no good reason, turns around and hits. The head supervisor almost kills him with one blow in his fist. And he was subdued by the others in the same place, and they put a, a sheet around, which we call uh, a sheet, so he can't get away. He was taken to King County Hospital. They filed a charge against him as being insane. But later on, at the side, on the proper psychiatric examination, this fellow was not, this young man was found not to be insane, but affected by surroundings. That he was not insane. And charges were taken away from him that he was affected by environment. Dave, well,
1: did you want to... Yes. So
3: this is now a true story. My wife knows it, and my, 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 my daughter proved it. I have two doctors in one of the and who helped me recommend this man. Now, after this happened, I felt so embarrassed, feeling that I was responsible for the unhappiness of a good friend,
0: that I resigned from
3: that hospital under no prejudice.
0: Well, Mr. Garber, do you feel that <coughs> possibly some of these... Uh, patients who were in there were astrally projecting, or what was it that was affecting this man? Well,
3: when we come to astral projection, let us talk sense. <clears throat> it's just trying to tell a person you get KTK, broadcasting frequency in WOR, make a rubber ball bounce on the floor. A frequency cannot be proven.
1: I didn't follow unless that. Unless
3: you have a mechanical substance which registers that frequency. Now, astral projection. And human, and human frequency and uh, radio frequency are similar patterns, only with different frequency. Now, I'm working on a plan which, later on, the mental impulses may be projected through a machine, and then they will be registered on a That's to prove that the mind is sending
0: off impulses. Well, the astral projection that I have read about is of a person, let's say, sitting down or lying down, yeah. and then the astral body floats out of their physical body... Yeah and can travel to great distances. Is this the understanding that you have of astral projection? Well, there's two types, as I told you. There's the mental impulses, which are setting our mental impulses
3: and bringing back a message like Radar. Because anything that's invented or discovered first must exist in the human mind, or anything discovered or invented represents some part of the human body or organ.
0: Now, this If we
3: take these things and break them down, they represent some part of the human body or organ.
0: This mental projection that you were talking about seems to me to be very similar to what's called clairvoyance. No. Isn't it? Isn't well, that clairvoyance about would
3: be in mental projection, but in a
2: mechanical field we would call a radar.
0: Uh-huh. Now, can you tell me this? If uh, a man is sick and he's in a coma, do you think that uh, he projects himself astrally sometimes?
3: Well, in order to project yourself astrally your heartbeat has to be cut down to about 40 or 38 vibrations. Now, when it reaches that point, then you, not until your heartbeat reaches to that point, you can, uh, you can project escalate. Now, is that uh,
0: 30? That's your,
3: above that, your heart, just like, I'll give you an idea. Let's say we have, nobody gives you 60 degrees, 60, uh, 60 volts electricity, because they do, they'll burn you. But 58, they could give you, or 61. But 60 degrees will form an arc across the brain. 60 volts, when it's put across the brain with the resistance, 60 volts will burn the brain. Yet 65 or 59 will not have an no effect on the brain. Now, it's the same thing as I was saying. Anything will form an arc. Now, in order for you to actually project, I'm going up on my own experience, and experience I've tried with others. You have to reach where your pulse speed has to come down to 40 or 38. And don't let it go down less than 35.
0: Well, can you bring your pulse rate down to 38 to 40? No,
3: you know, I'll tell you a stranger. Most of my astral projections will cause the time when I'm ill, a very bad ill.
0: Uh-huh. Now... Can you bring your pulse rate down to that, 38 to it,
3: 40? It's because these things by work. It's because these things, by act of nature, have brought my pulse down to a low ebb because of uh, ill health. And during the time, I rest because I don't take no drugs and medicine when I eat. When I'm sick, I use fresh air, herbs, and sunshine, and rest, and the power of the mind.
1: In other words, uh, in ordinary circumstances, you can't bring your pulse down to 40 or... But years. a
3: yogi... Well, a yogi who does no work and just meditates to the power of the mind, he could bring this pulse down... To 40 or 30. In fact, someday we have a, a young man that I know a friend of mine, and my secretary, knows this man is ashamed to come here and say it. He actually can show you and he'll have any doctor come in here and he can control his pulse. Now, he's done it with me and we've seen it. But I hope someday to bring him here and he goes into astral projection after his his uh, pulse is <laughs> we have proof here that I've seen this man, I've talked to the man, but we've been trying to get him here and he's willing to have any doctor examine him and shows that he has control over his pulse.
1: Well, it would certainly not That's require... That's control
3: over the involuntary system.
1: It certainly would not require a medical examination to determine the reason. Well, pulse, I mean, right?
3: he, he claims, if, uh, if anyone knows, uh, anyone familiar, a nurse, a registered nurse, to prove that he actually in front of a witness has caused his pulse. And no tricks about it. His pulse to go down to 40, 30. And then he goes through astral projection after that. Oh. The astral projection is not mental impulse. Astral projection has to be controlled by the mental mind, not the subconscious mind. See, astral projection is controlled by the material mind. Uh What you know, where you want to send it. But the mental impulses are controlled by the subconscious mind.
0: Well, when you send this astral body out, what do you do? What does this accomplish?
3: Well, sometimes, as I told you, certain lunar vibrations have to be in harmonious. Remember what I told you before about lunar spots?
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: you're talking about sunspots.
3: The sunspots, lunar spots, the power of anti-gravity. Now, say you want to send your body out of space. No. You've got to find when the lunar vibrations are drawing you, That's uh, that has to be given to you by a, an astronomer who knows, the time and the hour that you can send yourself out and you can't be no more than one hour away from that particular place. Now, you get the section where you live, you got to figure the time, that section, would be 10, 15 miles negative, and you project yourself during that time. It allows one hour, because these spots don't last no more one hour, even a little more. to so give you a
0: chance to come back. Now, just, the tide is negative. When the tide changes, coming back, you have to follow that beam. Now, didn't you say that you had projected yourself astrally to the moon?